Shalom and welcome everybody to this very special edition here on the uh, Lapid Judaism channel. Glad that you're able to join me this afternoon as I'm presenting to you, have the opportunity to present to you uh, the COVID-19, the coronavirus uh, response, a spiritual response uh, and a spiritual plan for our community. I fully expect that uh, there will be many new people, people who are new to Lapid Judaism, maybe people who are new to Judaism entirely, uh, who are watching uh, or going to watch uh, this episode. And so I'm going to do my best to uh, speak in terms and concepts that everybody can understand, even those who are tuning in who don't come from a, a Jewish background. Lapid Judaism is a sect of Judaism where Orthodox Jews who believe that Messiah Yeshua, the Messiah of the, of the Gospels, is the Mashiach uh, of Israel, indeed of the entire world, uh, our, um, our Mashiach. We're waiting for him to return. May it be soon in our time. I believe that the coming of the Mashiach uh, is a lot closer than we probably think. <clears throat> and I believe that these current events uh, that we're experiencing now um, are probably indicative of that reality. Does that mean that it's around the corner? Uh, does that mean that it's 10 years, 20 years away? I don't know exactly. I wouldn't presume to know. I just, uh, what I can tell you is the Mashiach is coming and coming soon. So we have this uh, situation of COVID-19. I've spoken about ways that we can respond to it uh, in various uh, settings, whether it be from uh, the Bema or from the pulpit or from the Aliyah day, but I haven't actually had a, a formal response uh, for our community. So when I was on my way to the synagogue this morning, I was praying about that and Hashem just put it on my heart to actually do this. It was somewhat spur of the moment, but... Um, but I'm going to share with you some things that have been on my mind and my heart. Um, there have been many people who have proposed to ex express what this all means, this unprecedented time. I can tell you that never in my lifetime have I experienced a pandemic like this. Never in my lifetime have I experienced uh, a nearly global shutdown, a, a shutdown of community um, like this ever. Okay, it's... Uh, it's scary to me only from the standpoint of the 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 harm emotionally and physically that it, it brings to people the the potential of uh, illness obviously uh, but also the economic pain and trouble and 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 trials that it brings and so uh, it's a scary time it's a scary time for a great many people and we need to know you know what's the direction what is Hashem trying to show us. First of all, I should think that we, we it would be comforted to know that every everything comes from Hashem. Different people have different theological points of view. They might think, well, this is something from the devil. This is something from the enemy. This is something that uh, has come upon us by chance. And uh, the problem with that uh, is twofold. Number one, if we believe it comes to us by chance or that the enemy, spiritual or physical, one way or the other, has brought this upon us, then it really, it really causes us to struggle with our faith. Because if this is true, then we don't really, we, we, this could be really, really bad. It could be horrible. It could be our, our, our demise. Um, 
if we believe it comes from the devil and that somehow God was uh, taken by surprise or that, you know, uh, he'd like to do something different, but he can't right now because the enemy is bringing this upon us, then it suggests, God forbid, as we say, shalom, that God is not sovereign, that he's not in total control, that somehow the enemy, God forbid, can wrestle control out of his hand even for a moment and do something that God doesn't want to have happen. That can't be the answer. The answer is that Hashem has allowed this to happen. Um, you, some would say that maybe Hashem has actually brought this upon us, um, which brings up other, another question. The question becomes, why would Hashem do something so bad to his people? Well, evidence has shown through Scripture that every time that something like this happens, it's always, always, always meant to invoke a response of repentance from from the people, to turn us back to him. It should improve our faith also because we know that everything that Hashem does for us, those of us who are in covenant, everything Hashem does for us, God, I'm talking about, Hashem, is for the absolute best. It's for the best. Even when we're experiencing trial or pain or suffering, because we know Hashem is in control, we know that whatever we're going through is for the absolute best. And so we that's why I say we take the opportunity that Hashem has given us and we do with it what God wants us to do with it, which is turn back to Him ultimately. So this COVID-19 crisis is, is really, from God's point of view, all about a, a clarion call for us to turn back to Him. To begin to live for him, not according to what we think it means to live for God. And that's very important because a lot of people say, okay, I'm ready to live for God. And living for God means X, Y, Z. And maybe your X, Y, Z is not his X, Y, Z, which is very often the case. So other people have suggested a few things here that some idols have been... Uh, smashed, if you will, with all of this COVID-19. And I would like to throw out, if I can, my opinion. Um, and some of this is my opinion, and some of this is comes from other rabbis who have commented um, on this crisis as well. Some idols have been destroyed. One of the first idols that went down with the COVID-19 uh, response from the government was the idol of sports. Uh, football, basketball, soccer, uh, baseball, all got shut down. Stadiums no longer full of tens of thousands of people. Now, I'm not necessarily against sports. Please don't misunderstand. I mean, I like a little football and I like a little baseball sometimes and uh, whatever. But you and I have to admit that the sports industry uh, has become a, an idol in many people's lives. Think about this. There are whole cable channels and there are whole... Um, uh, radio stations who are dedicated to 24-hour, seven-day-a-week coverage of sports, a game. We pay people millions of dollars to play a game and entertain us. And many people uh, will go out of their way. They'll, they'll crawl on broken glass. They'll run through uh, fire lanes to not miss the ball game, but uh, prayer meeting, 
synagogue service. Um, oh man, uh, you almost have to coax them. You have to offer them something. You know, you have you have churches that have to build Starbucks inside their uh, foyers uh, to encourage and entice people, beg them, drag them into the front door. But you put on a cowboy game or a Pittsburgh Steeler game or whatever game. And uh, you'll have tens of thousands of people. So that's one idol that went down. The next idol that went down almost immediately was uh, the idol of inter- entertainment. Uh, just just entertainment in general. People going out and doing uh, things. And, and again, I'm not against this necessarily, but you have to admit, to a lot of people, entertainment has become an idol. The idol of materialism. Uh, buying stuff, going to the mall, uh, money, uh, workaholics, people who um, want more and more and more. Again, I'm not against ambition, not against fine things. I'm not against any of these things, but you have to admit to a lot of us, materialism has become uh, our obsession. One rabbi said, Lashon Hurrah, Lashon Hurrah, that the... uh, that the uh, coronavirus kind of translates more or less into Hebrew as, uh, as like, uh, or Lashon Harada, excuse me, as a respiratory disease. Lashon Hara should, should say is evil speech, gossip. Uh, evil speech, gossip, saying hateful things about people, whether it's true or not. Um, those kinds of issues are, are idols. Are we talking about people? Think about all the Lashon Hara, all the evil speech, all the name-calling and ugliness that happens on social media on a daily basis. Telling people uh, what we think about them. We don't even know them. The other idol that came down was selfishness. You know, the lack of unity. The, the people that did not want to be in community. You know, they don't care if they go to synagogue or not. They don't care if they congregate with other people. They want to be therefore no more. It's almost as, as if God is saying, you don't want to be in community? Okay, I'll make it so that you have to sit alone. You're not allowed to go and be with anybody. Because you're selfish. You just kind of want what you want. So these are idols that seem to have fallen or at least have taken a big hit in the COVID-19 crisis. And so when we look at these various things, idols, uh, another idol is government. We, we want the government to save us. We want the government to do something. And although I believe that our government is doing the best they possibly can, I think the president, President Trump, is doing a great job. I support him 100%, and I pray for him and for President uh, Vice President uh, Pence. Um. But many people have thought, you know, if we get in trouble, the government will save us. The government can do nothing right now to slow the virus. The government can do nothing right now to make it go away. So the government is not our God. The government is not our, this, that idol has been destroyed. So a lot of things have come crashing down. And so more importantly, though, what I want to focus on is how do we respond to this now? Whether I'm right in what I just said or I'm wrong, the reality is there's still a crisis. How do we respond in order to bring about what God wants from us? And as a community, how can we be part of the solution as opposed to part of the problem? Now, 
I, I want to say that I, I concur wholeheartedly with all of the natural methods that are being undertaken, social distancing, uh, with, uh, you know, everything that's going on. I, I, I think we should, uh, you know, comply with it 100%. Um, go and, and, and get the necessary things that you need from the store and stock up, as they say. Don't hoard, but stock up. Um, we'll, we'll get to this in a second about um, uh, kindness, but let me share with you, really, we're going to have our spiritual response be more or less a three-pronged attack, if you will. Uh, looking at this from a, a military point of view, a three-pronged attack. Judaism teaches that teshuva, that is repentance, I gave the definition for teshuva from uh, on, on the first Aliyah this week on Sunday morning when I had my live class, but uh, teshuva is a return to one's true essence. Teshuva means to turn around, to go in an opposite direction. It's not going to be good enough to get out of this crisis. It's not going to be good enough for us to kind of mend our ways, so to speak, or become a little bit less um, idolatrous, in whatever area, what's going to require us, what God requires of us now, because he's given us, it's almost like you were a, you're, you know, you have your child and you say, listen, um, you know, you, you get on to them about whatever it is they're doing. And eventually you send them to their room and maybe it's followed by corporal punishment perhaps. But a child, if he's big, misbehaving at the table and you kind of get on to him, he, can, he, can, he or she can change their behavior, and that's okay. But once they get sent to their room, it requires a lot more teshuva to come back to the table. And so what Hashem is going to require of us now is to actually turn around and go a different direction than what we've gone before. And for some of us, and some of you that are watching, it's going to require you to change the paradigm of your thinking, spiritually, theologically, religiously. And for others, it's going to require us to kind of look at what we've been doing and, and change how, uh, how we've uh, been acting. So there's three ways, there's a three-prong path to make teshuva from a Jewish point of view. And here it is. It's prayer, teshuva, and charity or tzedakah. Prayer, repentance, and charity. And so I believe that Hashem is telling us that, listen, we don't have to reinvent the wheel. We just have to go back to the fundamentals of prayer, repentance, and charity. And so let's talk about those three things. First of all, I want to talk about prayer. And... We all know prayer. Most of us think we know prayer, but here's the specific prayer. I want to be specific in my response because there's prayer. There's the morning prayer and, and the afternoon prayer and the evening prayer, and there's wrapping to feeling and all those things that we do as Jews, and there's praying through the Psalms and those kind of things. But as a community, I want to talk now about a specific prayer, and that is the prayer of Minka, the prayer of the afternoon. Now, it says in the book of Psalms, chapter 141 and verse 2, it says, Let my prayer be prepared as a ketoret, as an incense before you. The lifting of my hands like the afternoon offering, like the afternoon sacrifice. King David prayed this prayer and it's very significant. There are three times a day that we pray as Jews. 
Now, as Jews is synonymous as saying God's people, the people of the Bible, the, the people of the Messiah, the apostles, they all prayed and lived this life. The life that we live as the Jews, as many as you know, is the life that Yeshua and his disciples lived. This is their religion. This is their paradigm. It's not the paradigm, and please, I, I don't mean to, to uh, offend anybody. My, my purpose here is not to offend, but these are serious times, and it's going to require me to be a little forthright. So, so I'm just being forthright. I'm not trying to be offensive. But I just want to say the Messiah and the apostles did not go to church. Their paradigm wasn't Sunday. It wasn't Easter, and it wasn't Christmas. And I understand how people have those religious ideas and, and I understand the nostalgia and I understand all of the, the not understanding various things. I totally get it. I've been there. Trust me, I know. But these are serious times and it's time that we face serious facts. And the facts are we need to be living like the Messiah lived because that's what God's calling us to. Because in the end, everybody's going to live like this. And I'm not trying to say that they're all going to be part of my shul. What I'm saying is they're going to be living a Torah true life in the Messiah. And so we have to understand these things in this paradigm. This is what God is trying to tell us. So what I want to encourage everybody to do is to pray Minka. Now you may be watching me right now and you have no idea anything about Judaism. You don't know, you don't know what Minka means. You don't know about the three times of prayer, and I totally get that. I want you to start anyway. <laughs> I want you just to do it anyway. Because this is what Hashem's calling us to do. And all the other stuff you'll learn along the way. Particularly if you keep if you choose to keep learning from the plea Judaism, which we'd love for you to do, of course. You'll learn and, and you'll grow. And but you're gonna start here because this is where Hashem is calling us. Now, the afternoon prayer, let me just read to you. I just want to read some insights. I'm I don't want to belabor too much of this. But the afternoon offering is significant. It's important. There were two lambs that were offered every day in the temple. One in the morning and one in the afternoon. They correspond, um, they correspond to the son that was offered by his father. That's Isaac, who was offered by Abraham. By the way, there, there might be some anti-Semites or crazy people that, that Chad, just ignore them right now. We haven't got time for them. Hashem will deal, deal with them. I don't have time for them right now. Um, I'll go back and block them later. Just ignore them if, you, if somebody pops up. Um, the, the morning corresponds to Isaac, from, who was offered by his father Abraham. And the evening corresponds to Yeshua, the Messiah, who was offered by his father, right, by the king of kings, right? By Mashiach, I mean by Hashem. Now, listen, I've taught about these two things at length, and I don't have time to get into it now. But the reason the, the, the you have these two offerings is, is because of these two lambs. So in the morning, you have the Shacharit service. In the afternoon, you have Minka. Okay? Now, the most powerful time of prayer in Judaism is Minka. We find this to be true because this was the time of prayer that Elijah confronted the, the, the prophets of Baal. He confronted them at Minka time. This was also the time at which Peter and John, Kepha and Yochanan, went to the temple in the afternoon at the hour of prayer, that's Minka, and that's where they healed the man 
at the Gate Beautiful, okay? The afternoon prayer. It's a very powerful time. In the afternoon, in the morning also is when they offered up the incense offering or, or the Ketoret offering. Now, in Judaism, just a real quick recap, the word for sacrifice is korban. That word has a completely different meaning than it does in English. In English, it means that you're having to give something up, sacrifice. But in, Ju in Hebrew, the word korban means to draw near, to draw near. Now, in the morning, and particularly the afternoon, there was a universal atonement offering, a korban, the korban tamid, that was meant to draw us near to God. But then the priest went into the holy place and he would put incense on the golden offer and offer those before Hashem. Those incense are called ketoret. Now the word ketoret in Hebrew means to bind together, to bind together. So whereas the offering of the lamb on the outer altar brought us near to God, the ketoret binds us to God and makes us one with him. So therefore, the, the ketoret, the incense offering, was considered to be a very, very powerful offering, a very powerful prayer eventually. And so, I want us to be focused on praying the Minka prayer with the ketoret blessing, the ketoret prayer. Now, again, I know that I'm talking kind of fast through this because I'm trying to be quick about what I'm saying because I don't want anybody to lose their attention. It's too important, okay? But I want to say that I want all of the Lapid Jews and those who are watching, from now until this epidemic, this pandemic is over, to begin praying the afternoon prayer of Minka with the Korbanot and the Ketoret offerings. Now, if you have a Siddur, I want to say that the those of you that have the Art Scroll Siddur, the Korbanot offerings are on page 31. The Minka is on page 232. That's page 31 and page 232. That you should pray the Korbanot, particularly the Katarit, the incense, along with your Minka. It says in the commentary to Psalm 141 from the Art School Commentary, it says that it's brought down from the Zohar that whoever employs both prayer and incense to please God has created a potent spiritual force. If one recites the scriptural account of the incense offering from Exodus 30, 34-38, followed by Psalm 145, that is the Psalm of David, the angel of death will be banished from his home. It goes on to say in the Talmud in Shabbat 89a that this is actually the secret that the angel of death had taught Moses of how to prevent a plague. Literally, this is the combination, the one-two punch, that the angel of death taught Moses to prevent a plague, which is why Moses said to Aaron to use the incense when a plague broke out in Numbers chapter 17, verses 9 through 14. 
Now, if you are somebody who doesn't know anything about what I'm talking about right yet, right now, you don't have a Siddur, you don't even know what that is, here's what you can do. You can write down these verses to, to pray in the afternoon. Now, I'm going to tell you specifically when to pray them in the afternoon. But here are the verses. Exodus 30, 17 through 21. Exodus 30, 17 through 21. And Numbers 28, 1 through 8. I'll put all of these in the comments later. Numbers 28, 1 through 8. And Exodus 30, 34 through 38. Exodus 30, 34 through 38. Follow that immediately by reciting Psalm 145. And then... From there, you don't. if you don't have a Siddur, you don't really know, you know what you could do? After you pray Psalm 145, you could pray the Lord's Prayer. That would be appropriate because the Lord's Prayer is basically a shortened version of the Amidah. If you don't have a Siddur, but you kind of know what we're talking about, you can actually download a Siddur on your phone. There, the Art Scroll has a has an app. Art Scroll has a, a weekday Siddur app. It's wonderful. It's free and you can download it there. So I want you to do that. There's a lot more I could say about Psalm 141, but I want to move on with our next, um, our next goal, our next prong of attack. Our next prong of, of attack is I want everybody to pray the Yom Kippur Katan service. Now, this requires a lot more explanation, but I'm not going to get too far into it. I put in the comments of this video, in the, in the uh, description, rather, of this video, a link that somebody shared with us, one of our um, people shared a link to this booklet that is online, a PDF version of it. We have these booklets now in stock at our synagogue, and you can call the office and make arrangements with the Keturah to purchase one and all of that. Um, but the Yom Kippur Katan service, now this is a service of repentance, of teshuva, and this is done right before Rosh Hodesh every month before the, the beginning of the new Hebrew month. For us at Lapid Judaism, by the way, I want to, I should have said this earlier, but Minka time from now until April 3rd is roughly plus or minus a minute or two right at 5.15 in the afternoon Central Standard Time. 5.15 in the afternoon Central Standard Time is when we should all be praying the Minka service, the afternoon prayer service with the Ketorah and the Korbanot at 5.15. And I want all of us to try our best with God's help, Bezrat Hashem, to do that together. Now, this week, on Wednesday, the 25th, that is Yom Kippur Katan, which is where we will employ this booklet. Again, the link is in the description of this video, or you can get one of these booklets from our office. So from, from dawn on the 25th of this of this week, of the 20th, on Wednesday, the 25th, from dawn until the afternoon, 5.15, is a time of fasting. No food, no water, no drink, nothing like that. Fasting and prayer, praying through what's written in this book as we, as we make uh, repentance and confession to God and, and teshuva. Now, if you're taking medication or you're diabetic or you're pregnant or you're nursing, you can eat something. You can drink a little something. But if you're otherwise healthy, then fast and pray the Yom Kippur Katan service this 
Wednesday. That covers our prayer, our prayer time, the, the prayer part of attack. Now we want to deal with the teshuva part of it, the attack during this COVID-19 um, crisis. Teshuva means to return. We have to pray and confess our sins, and we have to uh, believe God, right? But we have to now start doing something different than we did before. So with the teshuva part, I want to encourage everybody to make sure that you have a mezuzah on the at least the front door of your house. Now, many of you already have a mezuzah on the front door of your house, and maybe there's a mezuzah you need to put up somewhere else in your house. They should go on every door but the bathroom door. But if you don't have a mezuzah yet, I want you to put a mezuzah. Now, a mezuzah is essentially a box. This is a, an example. They're, they look like different types of, uh, they're coming all different types and shapes. And it has a, a scroll inside that has scripture on it. This is, this is basically, if you, to be kind of simplistic about it, this is more or less how a Jew puts the blood of the lamb on the doorpost. Because the word of God is likened to the blood of the lamb. This, my friend, isn't, isn't it any wonder that COVID-19 has happened and, and, and Passover is just right around the corner? We're going to talk about that in a second. But I want you to put a mezuzah on your door. Now, we have mezuzahs here, and we have kosher scrolls to go inside. And so you can get one if you need one. Um, somebody asked me, well, what if you have a mezuzah, but you don't have a kosher scroll yet? You know what? Uh, given the circumstances and the fact that you know, it's difficult to order one and you can't really go out and get one and you may not even know where to get it and all those kind of things. For the time being, I would just write some scripture verses and put it inside. And if you want to ask us which ones to put, you can ask and we'll tell you. Um, do what you can right now. I, Hashem will honor what we can do, right, under the circumstances. And so I want you to think about putting a mezuzah on your door. I want you to prepare your home for Passover, I want you to start getting the hamits out, and we'll share some information about what that means to, to, to get the hamits out of your house, which is the leaven and so on. Again, we'll, we'll post some links um, in the comments here to help you understand what that means. You might be thinking to yourself, I've never prepared my house for Passover. I have no idea um, how to do that or, or anything along those uh, lines. That's okay. Reach out to us. We will help you. We'll give you guidance. Ask us questions. We'll help you prepare your home for Passover. Um, my wife and I, uh, Bezrat Hashem, with God's help, we are going to we're going to broadcast our Passover Seder live. It'll be just our family and maybe a couple other people. Maybe um, normally we have a little bit bigger one, but because of the circumstances, we'll have a small one. But we're going to broadcast it so that people can join with us and, and keep the Passover this year. Keep the Pesach this year. So I want you to prepare your homes for Passover. I also want you to be praying these Psalms. And here's uh, the Psalms again. We'll put all this in the comments. I don't want to uh, let everybody have to scramble to write stuff down. But here are the Psalms of Teshuvah. Psalm 6, Psalm 32, Psalm 38. Psalm 40, Psalm 51, Psalm 102, Psalm 130, and Psalm 143. Again, we'll put all, put all those in the comments of this video so that you will have those. 
I also want to say the next prong of attack is sadaka or charity, right? Be charitable. First of all, be calm and be kind to people. If you go to the store to buy something, don't grab everything on the shelf. Leave something for somebody else. Take one or two of an item and that's it. Be hospitable to people. Think about others. There's whatever your situation is and however dire it is, I promise you there is somebody that's worse off than you. And so be thankful. Also, keep up your giving. Uh, if you belong to Lapid Judaism, if you belong to this synagogue, continue to give. Trust God. Give to other people. Make Find a way to be charitable to somebody else. Find a way to... Uh, buy them a booklet, maybe, or uh, drop off a sack of, of groceries at their house. Uh, find a way to be giving and to be charitable to somebody else. I also want to say um, that with respect to praying Mika, I'm going to post this again. I'll post this in the comments as well. But in the Talmud, in Barakot 7a, it says, It was taught in Abrasia that Rabbi Yishmael ben Elisha said, one time on Yom Kippur, I entered inside the Holy of Holies to burn incense, and I saw Akhtarel Kachashem Zavot. That's just a mystical name of God. And he was sitting on a high and lofty throne. And God said to me, Yishmael, my son, bless me. And I said to him, and I quote, this is the prayer that I think we should include in our Minka time, Ketorit prayer. I said to him, may it be your will, that your mercy conquer your anger, that your mercy overcome your sterner attributes, and you behave towards your children with the attribute of mercy, and that for, the, for their sake, you go beyond the boundary of your judgment. And on, on, upon concluding this blessing, he nodded to me with his head as if to say amen, demonstrating his approval. I think that we should include that prayer in our time together. I also want to lift up and encourage us to pray for and lift up our, our, our friends and neighbors who are police officers, firefighters, healthcare workers. We have people in our synagogue who are healthcare workers. Uh, Rachel is a healthcare worker. Shoshana is a healthcare worker. Shimon is a healthcare worker. Uh, Yaakov is a firefighter. Um, there's so many others. Uh, uh, my stepmother, uh, Trini, is, is, is a nurse. Um, there are uh, police officers. My neighbor is a police officer. Uh, these people uh, have to go out and perform their duty to save lives, and they can't shelter in place. And as a result, they are at higher risk. And so we want to ask Hashem to, uh, to uh, help them. Yes, Celia is a caregiver. Many people are caregivers, in fact. So we want to lift them up as well. Hashem should protect them and guard them and keep them safe during this time. So just real quick to, to recap, and we'll, I'm going to be uh, posting aids and helps. Uh, and if you don't know, if you want more information, you want to know how to participate, please, please contact our office. Let us know. We'll do everything we can to help you and to guide you in this. But the three-prong attack is this, just to recap. We want prayer. We want specifically to pray Minka with the Korbanot and the Ketorid, with the incense offering. 
and the and the sacrifice prayers. We want to do the Yom Kippur Katan beginning this week on Wednesday. It'll it won't be for another month. So this Wednesday is our is our chance. We want to do Teshuva. We want to make sure that we have a mezuzah on the front door of our house. We want to prepare our homes for Passover. If you've never done this, wow, do it. It's going to be amazing. And we want to recite the Psalms. We want to remember Sadaka. Be calm. Be kind. Don't hoard stuff. Don't go to the, the store and, 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 and take everything. And find ways to give. Look for an opportunity to give. You can give to this ministry, obviously. We would love your support to give to us, to give to the mikvah. You can text to give, whatever. Uh, keep up your giving with tithes and offerings and so on. But also find other things to give to other people to give to. Maybe there's somebody that needs your help. So prayer, teshuva, repentance, and charity, that's our three-prong attack. That's our plan to do what God wants us to do, to bring tikkun, that is repair, to our world during this COVID-19 response. Thank you so much for joining me. I just want to conclude by speaking the Arianic blessing over you. This comes from the book of Numbers, chapter 26, the blessing of the priest. Shalom. May Adonai bless you and keep you. May Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and be gracious to you. May Adonai turn his face toward you and grant you peace. And may this all happen in the merit of Messiah Yeshua, the King of Israel. Thank you so much for joining me. Again, reach out to our office if you have any questions or need any help. We want to do everything we can to help you and to support you in this time. Toda Rabbah. Thank you so much. We'll see everybody uh, tomorrow morning for the Aliyah Day.